What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice. Gives to Belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nibania. Bielitsa. Yes, we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. For 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm back. Back home in my, you know, where I'm comfortable, where I'm meant to be. In pain and suffering. Um, look, man, I mean, look, this team is um, always going to disappoint us. I think there's something nice to getting back into that uh, disappointed state of mind. We're back. The Kings, I mean, look, basketball's back. The Kings are making questionable decisions again. It's fantastic. How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, been better. Obviously, you're talking about Sacramento opting to not match Atlanta's four-year $72 million deal for Bogdan Bogdanovich and... Man, yeah, I mean, can't help but just feel like the kings of old, right? I mean, this is just, in my mind, like poor asset management. I think that Bogey was a very tradable contract at that number as well. I mean, we saw a deal lined up with Milwaukee that ended up falling through that I think, you know, just kind of proves a bit like there was, there's a market for Bogey. I think that he's a, he's a valuable player and, the contract that you were going to get him, get him at. I mean, Joe Harris is four years, 75 million. You're going to tell me that bogey isn't tradable on four years, 72. No. Yeah. He obviously was tradable. I mean, you can't say that Bogdan Bogdanovich wasn't tradable on a similar contract when he was just agreed to be traded for a similar contract. Like, I don't know what the exact terms were for his new deal with the bucks had that, gone through, uh, I don't think it would have been significantly different, right? I mean, I saw someone saying, oh, it was only 15, but really, like, it was close. Like, it was in the ballpark, and I don't think a couple million bucks for someone that, like, a lot of people thought would have been the final piece for a championship team in Milwaukee. It's like, oh, no, you, oops, you overpaid by two million. He's actually, no one will take him now. I think that's um, that's foolish. Obviously, there was a trade market for him at some point, and uh, obviously there would have been again. I mean, every offseason, every trade deadline, um, teams would come out by the threes and fives and sevens. Like, these guys all would want Bogdanovich. So, yeah, I'm baffled that – I'm baffled that anyone thinks that this is a, is a smart decision. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea of Halliburton – needing minutes and it being a little clogged behind Buddy and Bogey. If Bogey were to have stayed, I guess I get. But at the same time, I mean, again, like 
you would have got something for Bogey. You wouldn't have needed to wait it that long, even with this trade kicker. I mean, it seems like he would have wanted out of here. Um, you know, it, it's worth that holding on to him and just waiting out a few months, you know? Like, I don't think it's crazy that by the deadline, you would have had Bogey out of here and had something in return. It's not like some, you wouldn't have gotten something great back, but even like, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, for example, like a promising young player that, I mean, it it really, it's always going to come back to like, you're letting a asset go for absolutely nothing in return. And you only have so many of actual valuable assets on this team. Yeah, I wanted to bring up a point, like an analogy of this, that I brought up to Tim earlier when Tim Maxwell, baby giraffe, uh, was saying that he would he would not match Bogdanovich. Let me let me tell you, let me ask you this scenario and tell me if it's crazy to to draw a similarity. But would you just trade Buddy Hield for for nothing for zero for 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 nothing? Like say the Knicks have the space and will give us cash considerations, and the Kings could just trade Buddy Hield for nothing. Would you want them to take that deal? I think so because I think that Buddy's market right now is rough like I, I just don't think you're gonna get anything back for buddy i think buddy's actually like a bad contract okay well then then maybe you are more okay with the bogdanovich decline than i am because i wouldn't there's no way i would just let buddy go for literally nothing i understand that like the athletic reported the his trade value being low but i would just hold on to him at that point because so that's the thing like you're you're not gaining anything by by uh trading buddy or letting bogey go right now either way the point was they're very similar you're you're going to give up a talented player and you're not going to get anything back but you're specifically you're not gaining any functional cap space you're not gaining any opportunity to sign someone else into that money and i think that's a big part of this like there was no I mean, there's no game, like the only game that anyone's ever pitched that made any sense to me was, oh, more minutes for Halliburton. But even that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't I don't understand, like, why a good coach and a good front office wouldn't get Halliburton the minutes. You know, Omar Khan has been a big, uh, I guess, uh, champion for this concept of just start bogey and buddy. Like, what? why was that ever an issue? I, I I understand you you got to tell your head coach to do it. you got to make him do it or ask him to do it or whatever. But I don't see how there, you couldn't start Fox, start Buddy, start Bogey, have Halliburton get, I don't know, up to 30 minutes off the bench. Like, there's no limit to the amount of minutes it could have gotten. I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I don't think it's ideal position-wise for, you know, mentioning three guys, Bogey, Bogey Buddy, Halliburton, that I think are all twos. Um, I mean, in positionally, usually I'm talking about defense. Like, I don't think any of those guys properly guard threes. But at the same time, I mean, like with Sacramento's roster construction, I think that's absolutely the lineup you roll out. Like, I get why some people might be a little hesitant or not like the fit of that. But when you look at it and it's like, okay, those are clearly your most talented players, then you still want to be throwing them out there. And I think you could have done it. Like, you look at OKC running this three-yard lineup because that's just the roster that they were working with this year. And Sacramento definitely could have done that. What do you make of the whole um, just clearing minutes for Halliburton? Like you just, it's kind of like you're saying now, I mean, they they would have been there no matter or. 
Yeah, that I mean, if you want to prioritize Halliburton, prioritize Halliburton. Yeah. I don't understand how it's a problem. Like, there's this this is recursive thinking to me where people are saying, well, we got to let Buddy go because we're tanking and we need to get a higher draft pick and we're not good enough right now to compete. It's like, okay, well, by that same logic, you're saying we shouldn't have, we can't start Bogey and Buddy. Like, then just be bad. Like, have these players play them out of their position, quote unquote. Have Bogey and and Buddy play the two three. Either way, you can put either one in either spot. Who cares if we lose a few more games? And Halliburton can back up either of them. Halliburton can play some backup one, backup three, plenty of backup two. I don't. I never saw how there was a a real issue of of getting him minutes if you want to get him minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And then I'm curious also what you think of the whole you know Buddy Bogey situation. Last season there was a lot of they both want to start, and it, it seemed that whoever was not going to be starting was going to be a bit of an unhappy camper. I mean, do you think that that gets um, noted when when making this decision? Or, you know, I, I mean, you probably should have got him anyways, right? And then if he asks out, like, so what? You probably should have traded him anyways and you get something in return, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think that Buddy Hill is going to just be – like good to go now. Right. I have no problems, no issues with Luke Walton, no issues with playing in Sacramento. Uh, he's just – he's over the moon. He's happy. He's fully appeased. Is that what we think? No. No way. It just doesn't make any sense. Like this is – what's what's frightening about it is it's the same old Kings thing. It's like, okay, well, we don't have enough money to afford this team. We don't have enough – I don't know. We can't keep these guys happy. We can't keep them paid. So we're just going to continue losing what little talent we have, and we'll just never, ever, ever compete. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this being so late into the free agent process, Sacramento having signed zero guys, I mean, at this point you have um, 10 spots on your roster used up if you're not counting the two second-round picks, right? In De'Aaron Fox, Corey Joseph, Buddy Heald, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Justin James, Harrison Barnes, Nemanja Bialica, Jabari Parker, Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes. And then you have Kyle Guy, Robert Woodard, Jemias Ramsey, which could take you to 13, but maybe two of those guys are two-way contracts who can play 50 of the 72 games this season, by the way. Um, I mean, you, you waited so long. Like, the free agent market is dried up at this point. It's not like you had the money to get some big name or there were any, even any on the market at this point, but like there were better options available for you when right now the best center on the market might be Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I was going to say Hassan Whiteside is still available. Uh, spotted working out in a gym with Bogey. Not that that matters apparently. Uh, maybe the Bogey gym was wearing King's gear. Was yeah. it a gym in Atlanta? Please, God. Right. Uh, because we don't want that signing, that, that's a really rough signing. Um, why you would sign a center who is over – first of all, why you would sign a center. You know my opinion on this. We don't need any more centers. Okay, uh, well, I, I know you're, like, joking a bit here, right? But, like, Holmes and Bagley are your only two centers on the roster. Like, you're fine with that? That's cool. I'm cool with that. I really it could not be more cool with that. Uh, I don't, I don't need to play any centers, like any, any, <laughs> I don't, I don't, are we trying to win games or we're we not trying to win games? Cause if right. we're trying to win games, if we're trying to be competent and have a good lineup that makes sense. 
fucking match Bogdan Bogdanovich is right. Up. And if we're not, then I don't then don't sign Hassan Whiteside, for the love of God. Yeah. We don't need any centers in that scenario, in my opinion. I play Barnes small ball center. Who cares? Play Woodard. Woodard. I think yeah. Woodard's a small ball center. Who cares? Um, right. Or like sign someone from the G League. Uh Jack Cooley, where you at, bro? Um, <laughs> Caleb um, Wesson still out there? Eric Mika, where you at, bro? Right. Like, why does it? I, I, it doesn't need to be an old center who is such a like traditional ground bound, not ground bound necessarily, but you know, traditional like post bound center, non stretch option, non no spatial defense. Uh, like, the, like the problem is there's like glaring problems with Hassan Whiteside's game. Like I get it. He puts up some numbers, but there's nothing like how is signing Hassan Whiteside or any center over 30 years old that's still available? Like how does that make sense at all for Darren Fox? How does it make sense for anything? Like it it just hurts your pick next year. I mean, I mean, maybe it doesn't just, I I can't, I literally can't understand like why not just sign check Diallo. Yeah, I mean, Whiteside's weird because, like, I think – well, I think he's the best big on the market, um, which doesn't say much. Brandon, I'm going to need you to stop saying that. He, I mean, what? Like, who who is even competition? Like, are you talking about – Check y'all is a better signing for us. Anyone under yeah. 25. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a better yeah. signing for the Kings. Um, I, I think that if it was, like – you either go young guy like that or you go for, like, an absolute vet for one of these spots. Um, and Whiteside's, like, this middle ground who, you know, wouldn't surprise me once more playing time than he actually deserves and a larger role than what he should be given. Um, I, w- I had moments of talking myself into him as a third-string center, and I saw you kind of going through, and, you know, Nate links a bunch of guys that, like, just you, you talk to me, like, take a young flyer. That's absolutely what you should do because the focus is like fully 2021 now, right? I mean, at this point, it seems like McNair may be retooling around Fox, um, if we want to call it that, and getting rid of some of Vlade's past decisions. And like, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising you hear King's uh, roster names and a lot of rumors in the upcoming weeks, months, right? Yeah. I mean, play Daquan Jeffries at center. How about that? Have you Resign that? Jeffries. That's the other – so, okay, so just big picture here. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Harry Giles, um, Kent Bazemore, Alex Lynn, all are gone and, for nothing, like for nothing. You have, you have nothing to show for that. Like everyone is being signed and traded. Undraft, I mean, un, um, excuse me, uh, unrestricted free agents are being signed and traded. Christian Woods being signed and traded, um, who's good, but I mean, they had no rights to his contract anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I like didn't like Trevor Ariza and Dwayne Dedman somehow like somehow manage to be involved in signing trades? Like everybody uh, is being signed and traded. Uh, like Stephen Adams is like being included in deals like at the twenty fifth hour. Danilo Gallinari, we thought, went up, you know, went straight up to the Hawks. You know, there was no trade involved there. And then it turns out, oh, Sam Presti, who is a good GM, just, like, figured out a way to get 
a $20 million uh, traded player exception and a second round pick out of it. I mean, what, like, just big picture, you've just lost so much talent and a lot of it young talent. Um, Talking about you, Harry Giles. I just don't, like, even Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn would be so much better for this team than Hassan Whiteside. So I just don't, like, none of it makes any sense. And I think the people that are defending it are either A, um, good people, optimistic people, trying to be positive, and I love them and support them and respect them for doing that, or there are people that are just, like, lost and, and, and damaged and and uh, scarred from what they've been through with the Kings, and, and they can't believe that it's happening again. But, like, it is. I mean, it is. Like, like I'm not saying that, that uh, Monty McNair is the next Vlade Divac, but the problem was always – that we had no idea what Vlade was actually doing or how much control he actually had. And again, personally, I had the same questions. Like, how much of Monty's plan is he able to actually execute? We've already seen, we're like five days into this regime, we've already seen Sam Amick report there are big questions around how much influence Vivek is having again. And now with his son, Anil, becoming more involved. And is are the Kings actually letting McNair do what he wants. Like we're five days in. It is a rough scene right now. Yeah, definitely. Is anyone watching on the live stream? I uh, may have lost the video for a second. I'll work on it here and and get that back. But you still can hear us. Um, yeah, it's a. I mean, does this already make you have doubts of McNair? You know, taking over, and I, I think that. There was an optimism in the air, and does this kind of make you pump the brakes a little bit? Yeah, like I said, like it's more my, – my concern is more like Kings, big picture. Like it's not McNair. I, I don't know what to make of McNair. Like again, like we've said, like just kind of repeating what I was just saying, but I don't know if it's – if it was ever – if this – you can blame this on Vlade, if you can blame this on Vivek. If you can, bl- if you should blame this on Brandon Williams, um, this cast and rotating crew of, you know, some someone always comes in out of nowhere and blames it on uh, Matina, right? Like there is just there's always some other some other candidate that that might have gotten involved here and messed something up. So I certainly don't want to just be like, oh, Monty McNair is screwing something up, um, but I do think that this is not. The, the this free agency period is not going well. Um and and that's and you can't deny that. They have acquired zero talent and they've let a ton of it go and they've acquired zero assets in the process of letting anything go. I don't I'm not like I don't think that it's necessarily a disaster yet. I think that the early signs are bad and the, the biggest bad sign is the fact that the athletic is already reporting that they have concerns over over ownership letting McNair do what he wants to do. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that means hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The one thing that's you know stayed with this team, um, with Vlade having obviously just been replaced, and yeah, I mean at this point, what do you what do you want Sacramento to keep doing with the rest of this roster? You know, they as mentioned have a few spots available. Do you think that there's a chance that Ramsey and Woodard actually get guaranteed contracts rather than two ways? How do you think that they should you know kind of save face a little bit here now, or at least? I mean, what can you do at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can try to find a trade like the like the Ed Davis trade where, you know, you get a second rounder to, to take like a $3 million contract or something. Um, mm-hmm. Try to try to use the, the negligible amount of space that you have created here. Um, retain Daquan Jeffries. That's like the number one thing I'm looking for. Don't sign a 30-year-old center who is, like, one of the most actively negative players in the game when they're on the court. Don't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much, like, I I mean, this is just, you know, James Ham wrote a really good recap of this free agency period. And, you know, I mean, he said this is not an incomplete. This is a a failing grade. I'm paraphrasing here, but. They had opportunities. They had all the opportunity in the world. Um, I don't want you to sit here and tell me that you can't find a deal for Buddy Heald. Like, I, I don't believe that at all. I, I straight up don't believe that. Or that you couldn't find it by the trade deadline or you couldn't find it next offseason. I, I don't buy that in the slightest. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this whole thing is – if there was any one direction where this made sense, then I would say, okay, like at least there's a, a vision or a path here. but none of it seems to be making sense within the pieces of each other. Like it just, what do you think? Or what, what can they do to, to like, like, is there a way they can make, they can come out of the free agency period with, okay, this team had a good free agency. I still think that you could look at it as a good off season. If you put on a little bit of like rose colored glasses, I mean, really just looking at the draft, right? Halliburton fell. I think that, they did a good job trading from 35 to to 40 and still picking up Woodard in an additional asset. I like the Ramsey pick at 43, obviously. Um, and if the goal and, and process in mind is tanking for 2021 pretty much without directly tanking, I guess, um, then I, I still think this is fine. Like it, it's a good direction that you're going in and that you could look at the offseason as a step in the right direction, even if, you know, the the free agent offseasons and specifically this Bogdanovich situation didn't 
go so so poorly you know because again like this is poor asset management but at the same time like I think that this team is going in the direction that I, I probably would have pegged as as the way to go as well with focusing on the 2021 draft so you want to tank 100 percent. weak mindset bro <laughs> oh god oh god uh so yeah. okay so explain <laughs> explain to me like why why like not acquiring like just some draft capital for Buddy Heald or Bogdan Bogdanovich or uh, Kent Bazemore or Harry Giles or uh, Alex Len or like w- like w- what have they done that's like been positive? Because this is what I, this is what I'm coming down to. Like even with the draft, right? They got an A plus draft in my book. Well, an A draft in my book. Uh, I don't give pluses and minuses. Um, so they got an A draft in my book, but. Realistically, like the guys that they so Woodard was nice at, at forty. I think that's almost even arguably the best value pick. But you and I loved Jemias Ramsey, but we also acknowledge that like the chances are better that he's nothing than that he's something. You know, um, yeah. I I don't think that like that's anything where you're like, okay, well this is this is a really good step forward. Um. You know, Woodard we like, but how often do pick 40s become seriously valuable? I don't know. Uh, at least it's, I mean, we like the pick, right? And we like the Halberton pick. But each each of those picks was like, they made the pick that they should have made in our perspective. Like, none of these were, like, advanced moves. None of these, like, yeah, like, the guy fell and they didn't fuck up and take the, like, they didn't take Precious H2 at 12. So, like, yeah, like, I'll give them credit for, like, not fucking that up, but that's, like, about as far as I'm willing to go right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's probably all that I got, too. And I think that just from years of the Kings, like, you feel good about not fucking it up. Like, I, I don't know. I think that you could have gone out there and, like, uh, this says in the chat, you can't, can't be worse than last year's free agency. Like, obviously, they didn't have the same money to spend, but you could have gone out there and, taking the you're right like they were they were soft pitches they were easy ones to hit when it comes to the draft specifically Tyrese but you still could have made the wrong one and drafted a guy that was a high floor um, low ceiling sort of situation you could have gone out and added a lot more veterans in this free agency which I guess it's not too late for that Um, but you know the guys aren't taking taking minutes from these younger guys, I think is the idea. Um, so yeah, I mean, man, I'm just holding out hope, you know, Cade Cunningham starts playing tomorrow. So that, that's, that's all I'm riding with right now, but you're right. Like there's a lot of ways that Sacramento could have had a good, relatively good free agency and like none of them panned out. Their name has not been mentioned at all. They, except for, players leaving um, Darren Fox's max extension and then just letting bogey walk for nothing. So let me just bring this up. I know it's like a more controversial point, but so everyone was like pissing their pants or half of half of Kings fans were pissing their pants over the thought of giving Bogdan 72 million. Like, do you think that it's impossible for, the De'Aaron Fox max to be not a mistake? Like, is it, is it possible that that ends up not working out great? Like, do you think it's possible that 
that's too much money. Like, I mean, people kept talking about, I see people, I mean, they're random trolls on Twitter, but they're like, oh, well, if Bogdan Bogdanovich like, has a career-ending injury, that's a really bad contract. It's like, yeah, <laughs> so is the De'Aaron Fox one if he has a career-ending injury. Right, yeah. I mean, like, I, I do think there's a world where the Fox contract, looking back, is is seen as a bad deal. But at the same time, like, Sacramento 100% should have inked that in. They absolutely should, but they also should have inked in the Bogdanovich deal. Right. Um, I mean, just keep talent. Like, you're a really, really talent-decrepit franchise. You don't often get players of Bogdan Bogdanovich of his talent. So, like, why are you just letting that walk away for nothing? I don't really understand. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you, you ink that deal with Fox, but, you know, again, as James Sam pointed out in, in his article, which I thought was really good, that was a done deal. Like, that's been a done deal for months. Like, they were always going to sign that. Like, that isn't something new that has occurred in this free agency period. Um, <clears throat> you know, he writes, Sacramento isn't a free agent hotbed. No gym has ever been able to lure a bona fide star to the city. Um, so, like, why – like, what is that, like, space? Like, oh, that flexibility of not having Bogdanovich's money on the books. Like, that is nothing. Like, that, that's, that is nothing to me. We're going to sign a Dwayne Dedman. Right, it's not going to be able to be used on anything. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when the Kings have cap space, do you think that Monty McNair is going to get a whole different level of free agent? No. No. I mean, like, what? Why? Why would I have any reason to believe that? You know, I guess like, what is the team on the upswing, and they end up with a Cunningham, Kuminga, BJ Boston sort of thing, and then all of a sudden, Fox Halliburton and this one other 2021 prospect that's like the main cog, then that's appealing to some free agents? Maybe. Maybe. It just feels like, I don't know, man. It feels like, to me, this is just history repeating itself. I want to go find uh, Omer's tweet, which which is like <laughs> really dark. Um, he said, first significant moves for Pete D'Alessandro. And Monty McNair, uh, it's a really strange alignment here. Drafts a hyped prospect that slips. There's Ben McLemore back then. This year it is Tyrese Halberton. Then they inked a Kentucky-bred franchise prospect to a, an extension. It was DeMarcus Cousins back then. This year it is De'Aaron Fox. Then lets a beloved restricted free agent walk in free agency that year. It was Tyreek Evans. This year is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I mean, it's Kings. It's Kings right here. Get your merch. The Kings Herald. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can't seem to scrap it. At what point do you start to question ownership? I've been questioning ownership since the day that I started watching basketball. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, um, I, I will say, like, I, I this doesn't make me instantly be like, hmm, I don't know how else to say it, a Monty hater at this point, pretty much. Like, I think that Monty, I, no. I'm still, I still have faith. I don't have faith because I never had faith because there's no reason to, like, give this team the benefit of the doubt. Um there's no like they, they they don't deserve that. Um, like we even we a new front office. Came, no, why why the last new front office did not go well. 
the new the, the new front office before that didn't go well. Yeah. I don't know what we're like why like like based on what like we're just like oh okay someone was fired and so someone new was hired so they're by default gonna be great. Yeah, That's it's stupid. Called, it's called hope, Rich. It's called hope. You start neutral. You start neutral, and and I'm and I'm still neutral. It's I'm not. I haven't like sold on my Monty McNair stock. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. I'm not saying he's bad. I, I think he's you know neutral is far better than where Vlade Divac was at for me. Yeah. But no, I like there's no reason that I, I'm not up here for no reason. I'm just I like. I, I'm going to assume that he's going to be an average GM because that's the most average outcome for a GM, and I have no reason to think otherwise yet. Yeah, one comment in chat here. At this point, we can't trust them until they prove us wrong about them. Um, I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, right, like the burden of proof is on them, not us. Like we don't have to prove that they're going to be bad at this. Like they have to prove to us they're going to be anything other than terrible. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Is there at this point, you know, guys that are left on the market that really stand out to you specifically? Um, I mean, it's underwhelming. No. Like. No, there's not. Yeah. Choke up on the mic here. Yeah, there's nobody. There's no one. No. I mean, I think like one of my favorites right now would be like Glenn Robinson or something to fill some wing minutes. Like. I don't get this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't give a shit about Robinson, bro. Yeah. Like, what was, you know, I didn't cover the Kings at this time. What was, how did Jakar Sampson leave Sacramento? Do you remember this? And Jakar, like, apparently is doing things, man. He's, like, established a career. Uh, it was in Indiana. I think he's still, I think he re-signed, re-upped with Indiana. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the type of, you know, that's not a needle-moving player, but it's the type of guy that, you know, your Wenyan Gabriels. Right, the Scal. Um, well, yeah, Scal's struggling a little bit, although I know we have Scal fans that listen. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, Jakar might be, you know, I mean, like Daquan Jeffries might be the next Jakar that goes somewhere and makes a living. But, yeah, no, I mean, not needle movers, but, I mean, let's let's address this this Daquan Jeffries thing. You really want Daquan Jeffries back. Well, it's just like a Giles situation. Like, I mean, I, I think that, Giles is obviously a little different being a, a first-round pick, but it's just a young, upcoming talent that even for the sake of, like, the fan base is excited about him. Like, just let him hold on to something. It's not going to cost much to retain him, and it's one of the few, like, 
young pieces kind of like grown in house, right? Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, for the love of God, like if you're letting your young guys go that have nothing but upside and cost you virtually nothing, like then, then, then yeah, like that's like a legit bad decision. It's a legit bad decision. We're going to give, you know, the current front office, the benefit of the doubt as far as just assuming that Vlade spoiled, uh, that Vlade like fully soiled the bed uh, regarding Harry Giles, and there's no way to resolve that. Um, you a Portland fan, is, by the way, now? Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. Jersey's on the way. And, and is like, it actually? And like, is you it know, actually? It isn't because you know how you got to like, you got to go to the site and like choose the player. Like, yeah. It'll it'll update. I think he's got to choose his number. Got it. Got it. Oh, definitely. One for the whole family. Um, <laughs> Jersey is for the whole family. Um, but yeah, like I mean, that, that's like a legit bad. They let Daquan Jeffries go, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it it totally is. And if there's any names or questions that you'd want to throw at us in the, in the chat, definitely let us know, and we can touch on them. But part of the the Jeffries years in for me is when. I have a roster laid out in front of me. I only have one guy labeled as a small forward, and that's Harrison Barnes, who might even be a four. Um, I didn't catch that one. Harrison Barnes is a power forward. We're right. Doing We're doing ASMR now. Right. I guess, like, Dylan Jeffries would be your only small forward. <laughs> yeah, man, like, he is. Like, yeah, he's at a, he's at a position of a scarce position. Um, I, for anyone listening to this in podcast form, I apologize you're not seeing me in the the candlelight. This is like really, this is like we're like getting. This is just gonna bring just gonna bring it down here. We are, and uh, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely a rookie to this streaming since our video totally cut out halfway through, and now I just have a picture of a disappointed bogey in our place. Oh no! They I know. No, they can't the anymore. Whispering to you. Yeah. <laughs> this is all we I have, have I after not matching Bogey. All I all I have is like stupid bits on on streaming streaming podcasts. This is all I've got left. It's horrible. It's horrible. Not yeah, there was no reason to do this. Like you Yeah. Again, Sacramento not matching four year seventy two that Bogdanovich got from Atlanta. Um, here's I guess my thing can... with Bogdan. Here's the, here's the thing with Bogdanovich. Like, I, I know we've all like mentally prepared ourselves to like be okay with this because we knew it was going to happen. But the, if if I got in a time machine and asked Kings fans three months three months ago if they wanted Bogdan Bogdanovich at four seventy two, every goddamn one of them would have said yes. So like, I don't know what this is that's happening here. It's it's the Kings like gaslighting themselves, the gaslighting their own fan base. Every one of us, when he was starting and averaging like eight point, 18 points a game in November and the Kings were like surging into the nine seed and he was playing out of his mind, he was playing really well. When, if you go back to like October and November, uh, I'm sorry, not uh, this, this whole year has been so crazy that I'm, I'm now I'm getting, okay, so like at, in the final stretch of the season, he was starting and playing very well. He had like, 28 points against Portland in a huge game, which was like pushing seven and eight seed. Uh, there was like playoff implications to that game. Um, 
so that was like March actually. So that was like before the bubble and then there was a six month break anyway. And if you go back to October, uh, early, early in the season when Fox went down, Bogdanovich stepped up in a huge way. He was leading that team. He put up like a 30 burger on like Phoenix or something. I mean, like this is a good player and and he's I, like anyone, any Kings fan that like was watching him when he was actually playing would have happily taken him at 72. So I, I just don't know what's going on anymore. And like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I can say, like if, if they're going to turn this around, like you're saying, is there a way that they come out of this, this off season, like legitimately making a positive step forward is because they find a deal for Nemanja Bielitsa and Corey Joseph. And somehow they come out of this, like with 25 million in cap space, like actually have that and actually get rid of like the guys that are actually taking minutes from the Marvin Bagley's and the uh, Tyrese Halliburton's, because it's not Bogdan Bogdanovich that's doing that. It's Corey Joseph and it's Amanya Bielitsa. Like, those are the guys you need. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, I think briefly we could touch on Bogey's situation in Atlanta for himself individually. Um, I I think that, you know, they could be an eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, maybe higher. I actually am, like, very – skeptical of their of their signings this offseason you know to add I, I mean they definitely got more shooting but they just have Onyeka and Clint Capella they have Bogey and Gallo while also having just so many young guys sitting on their bench in Herter, Collins, Hunter um, I'm missing the the stretch for or, or Collins I said as well actually uh, Cam Reddish that's who I'm missing so I just think that, you know, they might be Rondo, oh God. Rondo, Rondo Chris, and Chris, Chris Dunn. Dunn, Rondo and Chris Dunn, and I don't know. I, I just think I think they've got more moves to make, and and then and like they can do that because hey, guess what? Like you can make trades after the yeah. first day of free agency. You know what I mean? Like you can make trades at the deadline. Right. Um, I would take the talent. Yeah, they're, they're deep and fun, and I think that, you know, Atlanta fans have a good reason to be excited. I'm just skeptical on there being a little bit of overlap and kind of like what this means for the team long term when I feel like a lot of it, you know, they, they need to be giving minutes to some of these young guys. And obviously playoff experience will be valuable for them, and it's not like they're completely kicked out of the rotation. Um, just mainly like when you're talking Dunn and Rondo alongside Trey Young, plus you're trying to fit you know, bogey and herder somewhere in that rotation. And then like, I guess Reddish and Hunter are more wings, but like, there's just a lot of guards to fit alongside Trey. I'm just like not tripping. Like, cause a good, a good front office turns those into assets. Right. Like a good front office flips some of that. A good front office moves Capella moves John Collins, perhaps, you know, you can stack that with the varied contracts they have. I'm, what do you know about the like, front office? Wa- watch them trade Bogdan Bogdanovich at the deadline. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows? Who cares? Like, they'll figure it out. Like, the concern isn't, oh, no, this team has too much young talent. That's not a concern. Yeah. I mean, do you think that this affects Buddy Heald's situation at all? Or, you know, I, I mean, in my mind, like, he should still be on on the trade block. But do you think that that impacts his situation here? The Bogdanovich signing? Yeah, Bogdanovich or, or, leaving. I mean, not not meaningfully. I think that he's 
probably still going to want out, and I don't think that he's going to – I mean, I think that what you could have gotten for him is going to be similar than what you could get for him in the future. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I, I don't I don't think that it's going to – I mean, like, you know, hey, if you fire Luke Walton, maybe there's a chance you get a coach that, I don't know, like makes him – plays to his strengths. Um, I don't know. It's just – I think it's just embarrassing – for the Kings to lose this much talent. Like, this is what I'm going to go back to. Like, I think we can wrap up on this. Is like, you know, last offseason, um, the Kings had two really good, you know, really valuable shooting guards in the primes of their career at 27 years old that uh, were on very manageable contracts. And it seems like now – like they're not going to get jack shit for either of them. And they both were unhappy and both won out. That is embarrassing. And I know that we can put that on Vlade and I'm happy to, you know, hang that on Vlade as his like final sin or whatever. But I mean, that is just a grim failure of an organization. Yeah. And not the great first moves for McNair. You know, he's got more to show. And I think that, Sacramento fans, you know, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, 1 p.m., Cade Cunningham plays his first game uh, for college. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be hyping up this 2021 class. I think that should totally be the focus for the Kings right now. Like you're saying, flip some of these additional assets of Heald, Bealita, Kojo, Barnes, anyone that you can get value for that's not named De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, or Tyrese Halliburton. And 2021, baby. Yeah. Well, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. Um, if you enjoyed, definitely subscribe, rate, and review. Go check out the King's Herald Patreon where they'll be covering this Bogdanovich situation from all angles and any additional news. I'll have a Jemias Ramsey profile up on there in a few days. Um, support the Patreon there. And you will hear from us again here at the King's Bolts in the next couple of days. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.